welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. I am your co-host, Jenny Scott, ISSA product developer and elite trainer. And with me, my co-host, Dan the Mandaran. How you doing, Dan? Oh, good, good, good. Ready to what ready to meet a winner here. It's oh, always yeah. good to meet winners. She is a winner among other things. Our guest today, had, like her bio is so like, it's amazing what she does. Um, so I'm super excited to introduce you guys to this, this guest that we have with us today and all the things that she does. But she is a personal trainer and an adaptive athletics coach an accessibility consultant, a social media manager, a sustainability consultant, a marketing manager. Like the list goes on and on what this girl does. Like, I don't know when she sleeps. You're a lot like me, but welcome to uh, our show with us. We have Abby Sams. Welcome, Abby. Hi, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Now, Abby was one of our scholarship winners, the RAIN scholarship we had in 2020. She was one of our selected winners. So we are super excited to hear about your experience with that. But we want to know first, Abby, how did you get started in fitness? Long story. Let's see. Um, I started doing CrossFit in high school. um, And Shortly after I started that, I started experiencing um, the beginning of my symptoms of the genetic disorder that I have. And we thought maybe I was just pushing myself too hard. So I took a step back, um, started searching for a diagnosis. That took multiple years and many doctors. Um, So I had always loved being active. I think I did like 13 sports growing up. I never stuck with one. I changed every single year. And God bless my parents for putting up with that. Um, (laughs) And so once I got a diagnosis, I felt like everything was over. I was like, okay, I guess I can't be athletic anymore. And um, I was in that headspace for about a year before I was like, yeah, uh, nope, not doing this anymore. I'm just going to figure out how I can be athletic and work around my disabilities and just kind of say, screw it. (laughs) And so I started figuring out what my body could do instead of focusing on what it couldn't do. And uh, slowly just built up and built up. But yeah. That's awesome. So if you don't mind me asking, can you tell us a little bit about the condition that you have? Because I've never actually heard of it. Yeah, So tell us a little bit about it. So I have multiple. The main one being Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. It is a genetic connective tissue and collagen disorder. So it's degenerative and progressive, um, which means basically that all of the collagen connective tissue in my body is slowly degenerating. So like that's the stuff that cushions your joints, um, that keeps them from hyperextending. And it's also the stuff that surrounds your internal organs. So like your stomach lining, your intestines, your heart, all that kind of stuff. So it affects my entire body. um, And with that means that I have some comorbidity uh, chronic illnesses as well, including postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, which is a heart condition. Um, complex regional pain syndrome, which is an autonomic nervous system disorder that affects how uh, my body processes pain. 
and endometriosis and a couple other things. I won't list them all off, but those are the main ones. Wow. That, that would kill a mortal person, girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing. You're superwoman. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> as, soon, as soon as you say connective tissue as a, the trainer in me was like, Ooh, that's messed up. Cause that's yeah. a lot of the tissue in our body and it supports all of our movement. Yeah. Like, that's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And especially if you were doing CrossFit and like, I could see how you could mistake the symptoms for just overtraining because mm-hmm. CrossFit is intense. Like I've done it a couple of times before. I'm also six feet tall. So I'm too tall for that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's what I like good. to tell myself anyway. <laughs> me too. I can't do this. I'm too tall. <laughs> yeah. I was just, I was pushing it and pushing it and I, I was competing in a competition, um, in my age group. And I think I did a power clean and both of my knees dislocated and oh, goodness. I dropped the weight, popped them back into place and finished the competition Ooh. and uh, got second. Huzzah. But that was like, ah. I think that was the moment where I was like, yeah, that probably shouldn't have happened. We should probably go see somebody about this. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's one way to find out. Is that on YouTube by chance? Uh, I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to see that. Yeah, you man, that gets some gross. hits. Yeah, come back and and, and place. Yeah. Ooh, no, I watched. I was watching that Conor McGregor fight where he broke his ankle or whatever the other Ooh, day, yes. his lower oh leg. Gosh. I was watching it live, and we were both like, "Nope, we're done," and we we got up, walked out of the restaurant. <laughs> I don't want to watch somebody's knees dislocate. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Well, I'm glad that you picked up and like, like you said, sometimes you have to go through that grief and that, that, you know, shut down a little bit and it only took you a year. Some people, it takes them their whole life to get out of that rut. So we very much so are thankful that you got out of that because we would, you wouldn't be here with us if you didn't. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not really one to dwell on all the stuff that sucks. I'm very much like, ah, forget it. Let's just push through. And that is just a mindset I have with a lot of things. And that included my health. I was like, okay, well, if the doctors are going to tell me I can't, then I'm going to figure out a way to tell them that I can. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to show you. <laughs> well, and, and on that, how, how have you adapted, Abby? What have you done or what are you doing different to be able to adapt to, to still do the things you love in fitness and to be able to coach others? What have you, what are you doing differently now? Yeah, of course. So I focused in the beginning, I focused a lot on um, figuring out how to do a lot of different exercises and movements, um, sitting down in a wheelchair, in a chair. Um, I wanted to make something that would be accessible for everybody, not just people that have a disability. And I didn't want it to be labeled as like beginner. A lot of the adaptive exercises that I see on the internet are labeled as beginner. And just because you can't do something doesn't mean that you're not an advanced athlete. And I think it deters a lot of people from, uh, you know, going out there and seeing, okay, how far can I go? So I started there, um, asked, you know, everybody on my Instagram, okay, what exercises can't you do that you would love to be able to do again? And then started figuring out how to do them for each type of person. Like, okay, they can sit or they can stand. They prefer to like kneel versus, you know, sit in an L, that kind of thing. And just go over every exercise, pour over them and see how many different ways can I adapt this so that everybody can do it and still get benefits from it. Absolutely. Do you use your, your trainer ba- brain when you're picking exercises? Like how can I engage their core? How can I engage, you know, do yes. you think about it like that? Yeah, exactly. And the thing about a lot of people that are in wheelchairs, um, 
you know, some of them are ambulatory, myself included, which means that we can mm-hmm. walk some of the time. Um, and then other people that are paralyzed, there are several levels of paralysis. And so yeah. some overhead exercises in a wheelchair, you need to be able to engage your core. But if they're paralyzed, you know, from the chest down, they, they don't have that ability. So it was, okay, how can I still get the benefit of an overhead exercise without them not being able to do it because they can't stabilize their core they want to be able to do it without the help of somebody else. I focused a lot on um, finding independence, helping people find independence in their workouts. Uh, because sometimes, you know, it feels like physical therapy when you're with another person. And sometimes you don't want that. You want something that you're doing for you, not because somebody told you you have to, you know? Absolutely. That's a great point. Really good perspective. I never even thought about that. Somebody, even if it's somebody with an injury, right. Yeah. And you're like coddling them and helping them. Like it feels different. Yeah. It does take away your, Oh, that's, I never even thought about that as a trainer, um, that it could take away somebody's independence when you do stuff like that. Um, crazy. And you know, when I, I always think of it like this and, and, and I'll give you an example. I did a triathlon many years ago and I was whining about it. I was whining because I was cold. I was whining because I'd never done that distance. I was whining because I didn't have a good bike. Whining because I brought the wrong clothes. And as I was starting the finishing the swim, I saw people pulling themselves out of the water with just their hands because they had no use of their legs. Mm-hmm. And I saw people on bikes with, you know, one, one leg. And it, I actually wrote a, a whole article about it. Back then we called it an article. Blogs didn't exist. <laughs> and uh, I was so inspired. And it just changed my perspective on, you know, challenging yourself. And it, I realized that what I was whining about was trivial and that there were much stronger people out there than myself. So that's very, very inspiring uh, to hear that, you know, uh, how you've adapted and how you've, you know, continue to do the things you love, but more importantly, how you can help others do the same who may feel like they're in a rut. So kudos to you and hats off to you, Abby, for that. Thank that's you. fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, I've seen stuff in the bodybuilding world too. I last year at the USA's, which is one of the biggest national shows in yeah. the, the country every year, there was a, a gentleman on stage in bodybuilding who had two prosthetic legs from the knees down and he looked amazing. And he was up there, right? Like, just like everybody else, like what? And I was like, Oh, that is the epitome of shut up and lift. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. don't want to hear about it. I was like, okay, get it. <laughs> but yeah, you guys are like people with a disability are not as limited as people like to think or as people like to tell them. Um, so I, I'm glad that they have role models and people like you, Abby, who can tell them otherwise, right? And help them see that they are stronger than they think. So cool. Um, but speaking of that, do you have any advice for trainers or that, that are working with people with chronic illnesses or even clients, people who are training out there with um, some kind of illness or disability? What advice would you give to these people? Yeah. So I think advice I'd give to trainers that are working with disabled clients or people with chronic illnesses is uh, listen to your clients. Uh, I know a lot of it can be really hard to understand, uh, especially if they're, you know, people that struggle with chronic pain, they're really good at hiding it. And sometimes if they're going to tell you, Hey, that's going to hurt too much. And they don't look like it. uh, Believe them because that's something that I have found a lot is people don't believe myself and other adaptive athletes that we're hurting, that we can't do something uh, because they think we're just looking for excuses, but we're just trying to keep our bodies safe and we push ourselves just in different ways. So, you know, trust your clients and do your best to understand them and meet them where they are. 
instead of trying to push them to where you think they should be. Uh, I know that's really hard as a trainer. You want your client to be the best version of themselves, but um, just work with them on their level and work mm -hmm. until they're comfortable. Uh, as far as clients go, don't be afraid to try new things. I have a lot of people reach out to me being like, my doctor told me with my same condition. And they're like, my doctor told me I shouldn't exercise. They said that it's dangerous. They said that I shouldn't do this. And it's like, I mean, obviously listen to your medical provider, but don't be afraid to sit down with them and be like, hey, I want to exercise. And I have a coach that is willing to work with me. Um, can we all sit down and talk together and figure out a way to do this? Uh, it, everyone can exercise. It's just going to look a little different. Um, and I think fear is a big part of that. I was really, really afraid to pick up a weight um, a couple of years ago when I started working out again. I was really afraid it was going to injure me because of my experience uh, beforehand. But, you know, talked with my doctor, figured it out and just worked slowly to get there and, you know, worked over that fear and came to a place where I was comfortable. And now I push myself and get better every day. And you just need to feel confident in yourself, even when you don't, you know, it's a very fake it till you make it mentality with getting yourself sure. up and working out. Absolutely. And I have somebody who worked out before you were diagnosed and then you went back to it afterwards. Like I think of my dad, when I'm talking to you, my dad has MS and he is wheelchair bound, like yeah. can barely move himself from the bed to the wheelchair. Like he's losing a lot of strength very quickly. And it's sad to see, but the hardest part for him, it's not the multiple sclerosis. It's not that it's the fact that he lost a lot of his independence and he doesn't yeah. have the same mobility and he can't exercise the way that he wants to and the way that keeps us healthy, right? Mind, mm -hmm. body, and spirit. What did you regain when you went back to working out? What, what was that like? It was freeing, I think, to say it in one word. It was really nice. I spent a lot of time like pouring over other adaptive athletes, you know, Instagram pages and blogs and just finding people that that kind of looked like me in some way and then piecing together, okay, what they did and what I can do and just kind of like building blocks essentially. But it, it was really freeing. I think the first time um, I got in my racing wheelchair, which is what I use as my equivalent of running uh, and pushed on that, it was like, I almost cried. It was just amazing because it was exercising without pain for the first time in years. And wow. uh, feeling, you know, comfortable and healthy and finding a new passion, you know, overnight. And it was, is was, was great. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. It's time for another ISSA rapid review. Here's what Danielle from Orlando had to say about the service she received with ISSA. My enrollment representative was extremely knowledgeable, accommodating and friendly. Gary made me feel comfortable and confident in my future success as a trainer with ISSA. Danielle, we're glad you're here. Thanks for sharing. So Abby, you're clearly a person who sets a goal, yes. maps out the steps <laughs> and achieves the goal, uh, even putting your knees back in the socket. So, uh, <laughs> so stop so it, Dan. <laughs> no, it's oh. Uh, so, so what's next, Abby? What's next? What's that next thing that you have on your vision board, your goal list, your bucket list, whatever it may be, what's coming up? I, it is a dream of mine to be able to create 
an adaptive athletics program for people with disabilities that are quote unquote, not disabling enough. So a couple years ago, the International Paralympic Committee released a statement that disqualified a bunch of disabilities for not being disabling enough, um, which was complete and utter crap, uh, pardon my language, but they, they weren't taking into account the personal experiences of all of these athletes. And it forced a lot of Paralympians into retirement. It took several Paralympians out of Tokyo, like they were going to go and they had to retire early or not be able to even reach the dream that they had been working, you know, four years to get to. And it, it's crushing to have a disability, to be disabled, to not be able to do the things that able-bodied people can do and still not be quote unquote disabled enough for the disabled community as well. And um, adaptive equipment, like my racing wheelchair is about $9,000. Insurance doesn't cover those kind of things. They don't cover adaptive equipment for um, disabled individuals. They hardly cover, you know, physical therapy. And like I said, that's not quite the independence a lot of people are searching for and uh, places that give grants or donate equipment to adaptive athletes will only do it if they meet the IPC qualifications. And so there's a lot of people out there that want to try a sport or get back into a sport that they loved, but in an adaptive way. And it's completely blocked off to them um, because some big man in a white chair says, Nope, uh, I don't think you actually need this. And so I'd love to create an adaptive athletics foundation that has the ability to give that to people, to give training and resources and equipment to people that don't meet the needs um, or don't meet the qualifications of the IPC standards, but still need adaptive equipment and help. Wow. Well, as you work towards this, that's something I know for a fact ISSA would stand behind. That being <laughs> of our president, Andrew Wyant, a hundred percent. So you let us know how that goes. We're going to keep following you on social media and such, but you let us know what we can do to help you with that. Cause that is an amazing, amazing goal. Heck yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That was, uh, I was kind of, uh, thank you for, for, for piping in there, Jenny, because I was a bit speechless after that one. Uh, yeah, it really puts things in perspective. Again, 100%. kudos to you, Abby. Great job. I, I have a question for you, Abby. Um, you know, all of us in fitness that, that coach athletes or uh, clients, patients, however you want to term it, you know, we, we get a, a different uh, reward. We give passionately and selflessly to help others uh, improve or do the things they want to do, uh, whatever it may be. And for me personally, it was always weight loss because I loved seeing how a person walked different, how they uh, changed their posture, how they looked you in the eye. They felt they became more confident, whatever, when they felt, they felt that, you know, they, they were different or they looked different, et cetera. So that's what inspired me. Jenny, you work with athletes, you work mm-hmm. with uh, competitive athletes in many sports, I'm sure you see the same thing, whether it's getting bigger, faster, stronger, looking, competing at a higher level, whatever it may be. But there's this thing that happens in our hearts when we see it that inspires us and keeps us, you know, wanting to keep doing it. So Abby, tell us, uh, you know, about you and how you experience that with somebody maybe that feels they can't do something or they no longer can do something. What is it like for you as a coach and how would you tell others or share with them what that experience could be for them if they were to work with adaptive athletes? 
Absolutely. I think the biggest thing to focus on, um, both as a trainer and a client, is to focus on what you can do rather than what you can't do. Um, I obviously, I can't tell anybody how to, you know, mourn a life that they lost if it was a sudden disability or a chronic illness that came about. Um, it takes a long time for a lot of people and that's different for everybody. So take, take time to deal with that, but then come back and figure out what you can do and focus on that and get excited about it. Get excited about being stronger. I've had so many family members in the past few years tell me that, that they're like, Oh, you look better. And like, are you doing better? And it's, you know, it's a gen genetic disease. I'm never going to be better, but I'm stronger than I was three years ago, four years ago. And that shows, you know, I'm still disabled. I'm more disabled than I was three years ago because it's progressive disease, but I'm stronger, I think mentally and physically, there's something that comes with working out and taking care of yourself for yourself, not for anybody else. Um, whether that goal is, you know, weight loss, whether it's reducing chronic pain or increasing function, um, it, it's a freedom that is nice to have when you feel like you don't have freedom anywhere else. The, the world is a pretty inaccessible place as far as it goes. And so creating access in the little spaces in your home, at the gym with friends is really, uh, it's encouraging both, you know, personally and you know in a community so yeah focus on what you can do instead of what you can't do um and then go farther see what you can find out what you can do you know like if you know you can do something okay what can you do in addition to that like push yourself don't be afraid to try new things obviously within reason um but like I never liked running when I was growing up, I hated it. I would always like walk the mile that they made you do in the presidential fitness Same. tests in elementary school. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm just going to walk this thing. Um, and now I do the wheelchair equivalent of running and it's my favorite thing. And I'm part of track groups and I coach adaptive track at the high school. And it's like, that's not something I ever would have thought I would enjoy at all. If you had told me five years ago, that's something that I would love. And so I tried it out and found something that is, the best, one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Um, so don't be afraid to try new things and see how much your body can actually do because you're going to be surprised. That's awesome. Abby, the world needs more people like you. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> like legit. I'm like on the verge of tears over here. Oh, yeah. I'm just emotional today, but like everything you're saying resonates no matter who you are, it resonates. And it also reminds perfectly able-bodied people or, uh, you know, people who maybe don't consider things like this, that there's so much out there that we don't consider every day. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's, like you said, the accessibility thing, like if a friend has a ramp at their house, that makes it easier for you to get into their home. That makes it, that's a big deal for you guys. Yeah. You know, whereas, um, you know, the little six inch step coming up to my front door, I don't think about it every day. You know, that's, that's huge. Like a lot of stuff that we need to consider and just be aware of. It's not that you need to go out of your way to do stuff, but be aware of it. Yeah, exactly. And also don't be afraid to enact that change. Like if you go to your gym and something isn't accessible for you, um, go ask them if they can move it, ask if they can move some treadmills over so that you can get to the free weights easier. Yeah. Um, because that, I know it's really terrifying, but you deserve to be there just as much as everybody else. So don't be afraid to stake your claim That's on it. That's <laughs> a great, 
That's a really good point. And, yeah. um, and, and having been the guy that moves the equipment and been in charge of it, I would say there would be very, with rare exception, that, that's something that a, a fitness manager or general manager would be happy to accommodate. Mm. Um, there's always folks that, you know, just want, or can you do this or can you do that for, I don't know what we might consider silly reasons, but yeah. this is completely different. So I echo that. Um, don't be afraid to ask. Um, people will work with you. Absolutely. So Abby, everybody's heard what you have to say, and it's brilliant. You're a very well-spoken, amazing young woman. How can we follow you? How can people see what you're doing and keep in, keep in touch with you? Of course. Um, I'm mostly active on Instagram. So it's just Abby, A-B-B-Y underscore Sam's S-A-M-S-D um, after the Sam's. And that's, I think that's where most of my stuff happens. Uh, I have a Twitter, but I don't think I've posted there on years, so it wouldn't be worth a follow. <laughs> but follow my Instagram. I post all sorts of stuff, both um, on my stories and my feed about adaptive athletics, what I'm up to, um, new exercises that I've figured out how to adapt. And uh, yeah. So I, I do want to come back because I want to hear, you're our, obviously a winner uh, yes. with everything we discussed. But before we close out, tell our tell our listeners a little bit about the the rain scholarship you won, how you why you decided to apply, what that process was like. Because obviously, we want to congratulate you, congratulate you on being a winner in that. Thank you. I so it was the middle of uh, the lockdown. I was at my parents' house, and I had started doing weekly. Um, like Instagram lives for adaptive athletics. So I would do weekly adaptive workouts and I had been following ISSA forever and saw that there was a scholarship opportunity applied for it and then forgot about it. And then I was in my living room, however long later. And uh, I was like, who is this call from answering, expecting to be a toll-free number um, found out that I won, uh, cried and then got very excited. <laughs> Ace. <laughs> it was yeah it was it's just amazing and then the interviews that I had were just it was encouraging to see people excited to support me in this it was it was just an interesting and amazing experience because I don't have a lot of uh you know conversations with people that aren't adaptive athletes but want to know more about you know what I'm doing so it was it was just really encouraging and I I I think I did the whole thing in like five weeks. That's all I did. Like every day was study nice. and learn and watch all the videos I could because it was just, I was learning more about my body and then being like, okay, so this is how that works. Okay. I could adapt it this way, making notes in the textbooks, taking screenshots, right. writing things down. It was just such a fun process to uh, learn and explore. Uh, I think the human body and everything it can do, but yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad it helped you connect some dots and hopefully yes. help other people. Thank you. I echo Jenny and our support to you. And, uh, you know, thank you for being a part of our family, the ISSA family. And congratulations again on being a winner. Well, deserved. Absolutely. thank you yeah, so very much. much. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Abby. So again, guys, go follow her. I just did. You got married earlier this year. Get it, girl. I did. Look at you. you. <laughs> um, I'm already stalking you. <laughs> so follow her, support her cause. You guys, this is somebody that we need more people like her in the world. So again, Abby, thank you so much for being here with us. And we enjoyed it tremendously. Thank y'all so much for having me. It was a blast. 
Absolutely. Um, and to all of our listeners out there, just remember, make good, good choices. choices. <laughs> we'll be sorry. And be aware. Be aware, people. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Yeah.